Hey everybody, DJ Martin here, church pastor at Parker Ford Church. Today we are wrapping up our series on joy and grief. We've looked at a number of different components when uh, we're talking about living a life of balance between these two things. A lot of the talks have been focused more on the grief side and, and working through and helping others work through and walking with people in grief. We've definitely touched on uh, the joy side, but I wanted to wrap up this series specifically with focusing on joy. Joy is the destination, and that's the, the title of today's teaching. Joy and grief, joy is the destination. Here's the Venn diagram. We've been working through grief on one side, joy on the other. A life of love and wisdom is found in the balance between the two. A life of foolishness is lived in the extreme in either direction. But grief is not the destination. Joy is the destination. In the Westminster Catechism, it says this, man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. In other words, the reason why, the purpose for which we were created is to enjoy God forever. And I think there are very few things, if any at all, that give God more glory than his creation and specifically his image bearers, male and female, um, enjoying him. That glorifies God so deeply when we enjoy him. The word, uh, the Greek word, one of the Greek words that's translated as joy into English is the word Cairo, and it means to rejoice, be glad, to rejoice exceedingly, so like overwhelming joy, to be well, to thrive. It's used in salutations to say, hey, hi, I'm greeting you with joy, and often often it's used at the beginning of biblical letters, the epistles, um, to give greeting. Paul uses uh, the word joy in multiple letters when he's greeting different churches. I mentioned this a couple weeks ago. Joy is mentioned 11 times in four chapters in just Philippians. He greets them with joy. He rejoices in the joy of the Lord. He rejoices in their salvation, in their relationship with the Lord. And then there's these two commandments. Well, three. Um, in chapter 3, 1, he says, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. And he says in chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, always. Again, I say rejoice. So put on your uh, biblical knowledge hats for a minute. When did Paul write the letter to the Philippians? He wrote it when he was in prison, probably guessed uh, rightly. So he's in this time of suffering. He's in this time of uh, relative isolation, probably loneliness, and um, some, some real difficulty that he's experiencing. And yet, his overarching um, posture again and again is the joy of the Lord. And, and what he's, he's teaching the Philippians as he goes through this process of pain and suffering is to rejoice always. And again, I say rejoice. Grief is a means to an end. It's not the end. And thank God for that. Grief and lament are the appropriate responses of humans, of image bearers of God, to sin, to death, to pain, to chaos, to disease, to brokenness, and our painfully unanswered questions. Love sits at the center and foundation of all things. 
When love is rejected, when it's missed, when it's broken, when it's twisted, when it's misused, the appropriate human response to that is grief. Jesus mourned. He grieved. He was the man of sorrows. When his love was rejected, when the Father's love was rejected, when it was twisted, his response was grief and mourning. And the appropriate response for us is the same. But grief is a means to an end. It's not the end. Joy is the purpose. Joy is the end. Joy is the destination. Joy is the end of all things. When God remakes all things, finally conforming all of creation into the image of the Son, all will be made right and all will be made well and everything that we walk through will be experienced through the lens of joy. It's the purpose. Man was created, male and female, we were created to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. In Revelation chapter 21, right at the end of the scriptures, the apostle John, recording what he sees in the future, what he sees in the heavenly places, the new earth, the new creation, this is what he says in verse 1 of chapter 21, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. Now listen to this. He will dwell with them. That's God. That's Jesus. This is the Messiah Christ. He will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning nor crying nor pain anymore for the former things have all passed away. John is not saying here that we shouldn't grieve and we shouldn't mourn. Far from it. John records Jesus weeping in John chapter 11 at the death of his close friend Lazarus. The apostle John is an incredibly empathetic teacher as he writes his letters in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So he's not saying that, but what he is saying is that grief and mourning are not the end. They're a way that we're walking through this broken world towards an eternal destination. The end, the purpose, the goal is joy, the joy of the Lord. And it's the joy of the Lord that's our strength. Our strength is not found um, ultimately in mourning or grieving. Our strength is ultimately found in the joy of the Lord. Looking at our Venn diagram again, track with me here. Jesus who is love, God is love, and was perfectly at rest in the presence of the Father, left the, the, the eternal bliss that he exists in in the heavenly places, and through the incarnation, the word became flesh and dwelt among us. He enters into our grief. He enters into our story. Life in the chaos of the fallen creation is largely lived on the grief end of the spectrum. 
So many of our experiences have to do with death, have to do with injustice, have to do with suffering and pain. And Jesus stepped into all of that. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. He enters into the pain. He enters into the chaos. He enters into our story. But Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Hebrews 12 He joined us in our grief. He sympathized with us in every way. And he is now, through the Spirit of God, restoring and reconciling all things back to the Father. And so just as he entered into our grief and brought the salvation and the love and the reconciliation of God into into the midst of, of our chaos and brokenness, now he's leading a host of captives back to the Father And in the restored creation, life will be lived completely, wholly, fully on the joy end of the spectrum. We have been created for the joy and the glorification of God. And we will enjoy him in his eternal presence forever. In 1 Peter 5, uh, 10 and 11, Peter writes this. And this is a verse that over the last uh, number of years has become incredibly important to me. Um, when I helped lead the replanting of Drexel Hill Church uh, in the city of Philadelphia, this, this verse became our mission statement. This, this became our, our driving prayer because that church had gone through a lot of suffering. It says this, And after you have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Listen to these words. Joy is the destination. After we have suffered a little while, the God of all grace, who has called each of us to his eternal glory. Remember, we exist to glorify God and enjoy him. He's called us to his eternal glory. He will himself restore, confirm, strengthen, and establish us. To him be the dominion forever and ever. Amen. Joy is the destination. As we wrap up our series on joy and grief, I I leave you with these questions to ponder and think through. Where does your eternal, everlasting strength come from? If it's anything other or less than the joy of the Lord, then I think it's deficient and it's lacking and the strength will pass away. Internal joy that lasts comes from the joy of the Lord. And how might the Spirit of God be inviting you to rejoice in the Lord always and again rejoice? Once again, thank you so much for joining us throughout this series. I hope it's been fruitful and helpful for you. I've so enjoyed um, continuing to work through this, continuing to pray that I myself, my family, my loved ones would live a life of balance of joy and grief. May you be blessed as you continue this journey with the Lord.